Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a podcast dedicated to creating a living oral history about street performing and some of the crazy characters who populate this world. I'm Magic Brian, your host for this growing collection of interviews. I'm very excited about this episode. It's an interview I've wanted to get for years, and luckily it happened on the second to last night at the 2019 Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Eric Amber had a recorder handy when what seemed like out of the ether, the legend, Rumple, aka Jolly Goodfellow, appeared. I'm always amazed at the rare occasion another performer says they don't know who he is or have never met him. More often than not, everyone has at least one Rumpel story. He's one of a kind, a true original. As I mentioned, the interview was done in the Edinburgh Fringe, recorded outside the City Cafe, so you can really hear the festival vibe in the background. There are also some great cameos by J.P. Koala, Anthony Livingspace, Dynamike, and Byron Bertram. In their lively conversation, Eric tries to demystify some of the accounts of Rumpel's adventures, but much like a politician, he talks around the answers, keeping the truth a mystery. Among other things, they talk about his car accident, his time with Cirque, getting a nose job, why he does marathon shows, and staying with Tiny Tin for three months. It's got to be one of the most entertaining interviews we've had on the stories from the pitch, and it's no wonder with Rumpel as a subject. Enjoy. I am standing outside the city calf, just above the cow gate uh, near the Royal Mile in the beautiful city of Edinburgh, Scotland. You know, the, the, medieval, the medieval city of Scotland uh, has always got a few surprises. And, I, uh, and who should I stumble upon but the one and only Jolly Goodfellow. How's it going? Also known as Rumple. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I, we all know that your name is Rumple. Rumple, do you remember the first time we met? Oh, crikey. It could have been 94, wasn't it? Oh, no, in, yeah, in Adelaide, I think it was, when you did the th- with the three Canadians. No, no, it was, it was before then. Uh, we were, uh, we were at, Derek and I, Derek Flores and I, were at the Byron Bay Hostel. I remember that, yeah. And, and we went in a talent uh, quest thing, and, uh, and strangely enough, I, I, I came... Uh, yeah, first was some other guy, and you guys came second, the three of you. That, that's, that's right. Uh, we, um, we, I hadn't, we weren't even a, a group then. We were just a couple of backpackers in Australia. And then uh, we, we did a little th- bit of theater sports, uh, and we were like, we entered the talent contest. We did a little theater sports, and, uh, and then there was like 14 musicians after us. And then along, and I, I was sober in those days. And that's why I remember it so clearly. And then suddenly, you, uh, this guy gets on stage, and uh, you didn't have your costume in those days. Yeah, I did. I did. I juggled seven balls and I fluked it. You know, I, I yeah, just. Yeah, you ha- and you had a unicycle, and you had a flaming uh, skipping rope, and the spring shoes. That's right, spring <laughs> shoes. I'm a bit of a spring chicken dinosaur now. I lost a spring in my step, but. You got to keep going. I know you do. Well, we're just standing outside the uh, city cafe in a pedestrian freeway in the doorway of, of the the cafe, the last night at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and yeah, it's quite uh, great to be. No, it's fantastic to be back. I have a feeling that everyone has the same experience I do, but every time I see you, it's just randomly. Like there was a time I was in uh, Bangkok and I was walking down Kosan Road. I remember that. And you just like out of the blue sc- came screaming around the corner on the back of a tuk tuk. Yeah, tuk tuk. Yeah, that was out of the blue. I mean, it was bizarre because I just got uh, yeah to, to Bangkok, you know, on the on the flight, and I got a tuk tuk to Kosan Road, and I heard someone call my name out. Hey, Rumpel! I couldn't believe it. It was you. And uh... <laughs> that's right. I, I, no, I don't. I, I don't. No, thank you. <laughs> well, there you go. We got just got for some drugs. The guy who was clearly not aware of our microphone. Oh, crikey. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a funny city, Edinburgh. It's amazing. Like, it's all happening with the fringe going on. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know. What brought you to town? You didn't do any shows? Oh, yeah, I know. I just thought, bugger it. I'll just come up out of the blue. Yeah, I'm glad that I made it. That, that, that's for sure. I just done a 24-hour show at the European Juggling Convention in Newark, uh, Nottinghamshire, and that was kind of odd, you know. But yeah, it was great to have done it. You've, got, you've always had this thing about 24-hour shows. What's that all about? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm very much about uh, quantity over quality, but there is a bit of quality in the quantity. Probably a few flat spots here and there, but it can't be everyone's cup of tea. But yeah, it's just silly. Just you know, the jugglers on it. You know, they stay awake quite late. You know, so you can get get away with it. 
Jeez, it's all happening right now. Yeah, it's it's the last, it's the second last night of the festival, and I'm interviewing uh, Rumpelstiltskin. But uh, next to me is uh, JP. Hiya, guys. How you doing? I'm fucking great, mate. They've been but, trying to get JP for four hours to do this. I mean, four years. Four years. Have you not done an interview? It took, it took four years of you guys chasing me, but I did it with uh, Magic Brian, oh, and yeah. it was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you had been... Brian I thought Reed. I'd been there. Brian Reed. I mean, no, no, Magic Brian. Oh, I can't right. imagine. Yeah, I know Magic Brian, of course, yes. I can't imagine getting you to chat about anything. Is that hard? I love the sarcasm in your voice and <laughs> knowing me since uh, 1989. Uh, well, yeah, pretty close, pretty close to that. I've I've known you a long time, and you love a chat. I love talking to people, <laughs> and I love uh, being with uh, human beings. It's the whole point in our job. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think you could do a silent act. I am currently trying to uh, negotiate with Korea for a mime clown gig. Wow. Wow. Picked up for the uh, next Gangnam Style music video. That one. one. (laughs) Exactly that one. Well, I was just talking because I haven't seen Rumpelstiltskin in years. And, of course, he he just sort of turns up. Out of the out of the blue, as he does, as he does. So let's let's just settle it here and then. You know, we all know you as Jolly Goodfellow. What is your real What is your real name? In America, everyone calls me Jolly, but in Europe and Australia, they call me Rumple. Well, that's how we know you. Yeah. So I mean, but you call me Jolly. I do. I did. Ask the question. I got to ask you the question. question What is your real name? Yeah. I mean, I've always been a good fellow. (laughs) I mean, I must have come from good lineage. I mean. Jolly Goodfellow is the second most popular song in the English language. I mean, for here's a jolly good fellow, but no, it's happy birthday to you, but it's got the jolly good fellow bit in it. But I knew you before you were jolly. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I've been a good fellow forever. You have been. You were born a good fellow. Yeah, that's... I can't go wrong. <laughs> do you know the story, JP, do you know the story of Rumpelstiltskin? It's like, guess my real name? Is that is that yeah, the... Yeah, oh, 100%. I've always been there for that story, but... You will never get his real name. What's your real name? Jolly. Jolly. <laughs> oh, no, that's on your passport. He what is a good fellow. I'm asking the wrong question. What is your birth name? I can show you my passport. Have a look. I've got it with me now. You can show it on the, you can show it on the radio. Go on, go on. Just tell us. Settle it right now. What is your birth name? Yeah, Jolly. I mean, you know, if he's a jolly good fellow, I mean, you know, yeah, it's meant to be. It is meant to be. There's uh, there's nothing there's no uh, two ways about it. I have the same uh, birthday as uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know why I don't get hired for the company mascot of Facebook. Facebook, I mean. Does he ever send you a happy birthday? No, but he's younger than me. But uh, I'm just I'm making uh, yeah peanuts. <laughs> so uh, you uh, you are currently uh, uh, are here. But you were, you've been living in the United States for a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was living uh, in my van on the edge of existence in La La Land. You know, I'd just go to the gym to have a shower. You know, I mean... As you do? Yeah, because I, I do background work to survive. And sometimes, you know, I'd you know, i sign in with my little ironing board and they'd, have a, they'd say, have a good workout, Mr. Goodfellow. And I'd just go to the men's changing room and iron my shirts. You know, and sometimes you get these big buff guys checking out their pecs in the mirror. And they catch a reflection of a scorny scarecrow in the in the background ironies with shirts. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. And sometimes the, the people that would work at the gym would have to, you know, do their duty and they'd walk in the men's chamber room and I'm there ironing my shirts like a goose. <laughs> <laughs> a gym rat. Rumpel the gym rat. You got some, uh, I mean, we all know that you uh, worked at Cirque du Soleil for a while. Oh, I did 847 shows. Oh, I'm a bit of a spring chicken dinosaur now. I'm a bit burnt out. <laughs> How was that experience? When I first met, oh no, when I first met you, I remember one time I was in Montreal, and you just walked into my theater, and you're like, "Oh, hey, going, Eric?" Oh, oh yeah. that and- place was amazing. That was that was uh, Catherine Stair uh, Theater. I mean, uh, yeah, think, yeah, Theater St. Catherine. That's right. Yeah, it was incredible. It was so well decked out. I thought, what an amazing space it was. Yeah, I was really uh, amazed. Yeah, and that was when you first started working for uh, Cirque. Yeah, Cirque du Soleil, yeah. No, you know, just when uh, they were doing the creation period, I made it over to your theatre and 
Wow, that was a beautiful space you had going on there, that's for sure. Well, I appreciate that, but I, I, I kind of lost track of you after that. You ended up in Vegas. Oh, yeah, I did uh, two years working for Cirque du Soleil as the original Fall on the Hill on the Beatles Love Show in Vegas. And I was the main character that did the pre-show warm-up, doing that 485 times and 847 shows to a night, 10 nights a week. And uh, I used to ride a nine-foot unicycle across the stage every night. I only fell off at one time when the stage manager miscued the uh, call and I couldn't ride in a straight line when the stage going down. But it used to crack me up the bloopers in the show. On New Year's Eve, the show broke down and they had to cancel the show after two songs because the stage got suck- I mean, stuck. <laughs> oh, the hydraulic system. They got these techs come out with their crowbars trying to yank, crack the stage open, but uh, they couldn't free it. And the manager walked out and he said, I'm, I'm the company manager and I'm afraid we have to cancel the show, you know. We can't free the stage. But I, I couldn't help laughing. That was just too funny. Isn't it true that you broke your leg at one point? Or you... Oh, I didn't break my leg. I you, mean, got, you, were, you were out of commission for a while. Oh, I crashed on the way to the Burning Man Festival. That was a massive wake-up call. Oh, it was the accident. Yeah, and the theme that year was the American Dream. I crashed on the way to the American Dream. <laughs> But now I've got an American passport. Strangely enough, I got it on Earth Day. I'm no longer an alien. I, I, I got naturalized on April, Earth Day. and I, You can't write this shit. That really happened. You are an American citizen? Oh, I mean, but I've been to every country on the entire map of Europe. If you type in Europe and Wikipedia with the entire flag listing, be to them all, even Azerbaijan, Georgia, Kazakhstan, Armenia. I'll go anywhere. I probably should get lost in the jungle and Papua New Guinea, my jester's outfit. I'll probably go down a hit. Okay, so for here, for the clarity of our, our listeners, the time you broke, you, like, you had a car accident, tell us the story. Oh, God, I don't know. I think I might pass on that one. <laughs> okay. I might get in trouble. Well, there's a famous story about you getting pulled over by the police. Oh, that was odd. Yeah, I mean, I had five policemen pull guns on me a week after I got my license driving a 77 Lincoln Continental Mark V, a gold one, and it had tiger skin seats and a leopard skin steering wheel. It's like asking for trouble just looking at it. I'll be chewing the ears off elephants to get through the story. But I was driving on the strip after a 4,000th O party, a search to sleigh party. It was 2.30 in the morning, or maybe 3.30, but a police car from behind popped his cherry. When the lights turned green, you're supposed to stop immediately, but I kept driving nervously like an old lady in the hotel gate me a couple of police cars getting aggressive with their sirens. Ah, oh, but it's quite a story to get through and all that. It was very dangerously funny how it turned out, but I got them in hysterics laughing, you know, because they, uh, yeah, my, ple- I mean, my car nearly smashed in the police car when I pulled down some slip road. I went to get out, and you're not supposed to do that, but I kicked my foot down nervously and accidentally hit the accelerator and said the emergency brake, so the car raced back, nearly smashed in the police car, and he pulls out his megaphone and goes, don't move or I'll shoot you. I didn't hear what he said, and his lights are so bright in my rearview mirror that I turned my head and squinted. And then he said, I put his megaphone and said, don't over, I'll shoot you. And I thought, holy fuck, he did say that. And there was a cold black silence. I thought if I bumped the rear view mirror, it could be all over. Red Rover come up to the car and said, get out of the car, hands in the air. And I said, oh, my God, I'm from Australia. I just got my license. I didn't know I did anything wrong. He threw, he threw me over the hood of a police car and he said, don't move. And I said, I can't move. And he said, what's your name? I said, Jolly. He said, Jolly what? I said, Jolly Goodfellow. I thought he was going to rough me up thinking that I'm taking the mickey. But he asked my license. He said, where's that? And I said, it's in my pocket. And he pulls out my wallet and he says, my license, jolly good fellow. He goes, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a fool. He goes, what do you mean you're a fool? He goes, where do you work? And I was nodding. I could see the Mirage Casino lettering in the back street in the distance. I said, the fool on the hill in the Beatles love show in Vegas. And he looked through my car for drugs. And his colleague said, as he was doing that, has someone told you before you really look like a leprechaun? Had me out, kissed my green, I'm Irish t-shirt. Oh, it just goes on and on. And then he's, he came back and he said, oh, he's okay, he's got no drugs. And his colleague goes, don't he look like a leprechaun? And they kicked themselves laughing. It was so dangerously funny. And we, we all had multiple giggleasms, laughing off each other's laughs like idiots. And he said he pulled me out. But, man, if I was black, they would have shot first and asked questions later. They don't mess around in America. No. Oh, no. my God, in, the, in Scotland, you know, yeah, they're pretty chilled. <laughs> but yet you stayed yeah well stayed for what stayed oh, in america I, I, yeah i know i did i mean i've been in 41 states now in america yeah i am iron man but i was living in la i, I got cast as the jester on american princess so that was good that i got the jester role 
you know, but I'm not union yet, but, uh, you know, yeah. Is that your plan, to stay in the United States? Oh, not really. I don't know. I'm not really. I'm at a crossroads of uh, higgledy-piggledyness at the moment. I'm not really sure what I'm doing next. Yeah. (laughs) Midlife crisis, I guess. How old are you? You're almost 50. I'm getting on a bit now. I mean, geez. You're older than me. I probably am. (laughs) But I sound like... Oh, by a couple years. I sound like I'm 13 on the phone. (laughs) Everyone in L.A. calls me a ma'am on the phone. Man. And I say, I'm not Julie, I'm Jolly. You know, like when you're you know, trying to ring up a car tire place or something, the guy think, starts saying, yes, darling, on the phone. And then when you roll up to buy the tires, they say, oh, sorry, I thought you were a lady on the phone. Oh, it happens all the time. Crikey by Jingo, here we are in Edinburgh. Oh, it's a, always a hilarious to see you. Oh, wow, likewise, I mean... Wow, it's just uh, all the serendipitous things that are going on simultaneously. Like, wow, it's yeah, too much to yeah talk about right this moment. <laughs> well, and we, we don't need to do a full interview. I just I just knew in my heart that if I didn't pull this out right now, then it wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Geez, you got to do this again. I mean, uh, you're like a gas. <laughs> Start it again. <laughs> That's like your show. Let's just do it again. Yeah, I I did something with a butterfly man, Robert Nelson, at his place in Pahoa in Hawaii and the Big Island. That was, yes, I'm really glad that we got to meet, you know, because we'd heard of each other for years on performers.net. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a special time. You know, Martin Ewan was there and we all were hanging out and they were winding each other up, upstaging each other, but just in... uh, just having fun winding each other up. Martin Ewan and Robert Nelson were sort yeah. of digging into each other. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Yeah, but I was just sort of, yeah, yeah it was amusing. Did you have a, a dental work when you were young? Yeah, I had braces years ago, and then I, was, I lost my dental plate. My teeth shifted back, so I had friggin' braces again at the tail end of the Beatles show. You have good teeth. Yeah, they're not bad, actually. Yeah, I mean, I had quite a bit of work done to him too, and I got it for free because I was a low-income earner. Yeah, but I, I got two crowns and two... Comp- and uh, what do you... Uh, uh, You're definitely not English. I'm an Aussie now. <laughs> you got good to, teeth, though, too. Into Bedeen, uh, yeah, I'm a, a wealthy citizen. Uh. So what... Uh, okay, just for the clear, what happened to your nose? Oh, I know, it's a bit ridiculous. I've got probably over 365 different noses for every day of the year. But, I mean, I can't wear them all at the same time, but I collect them from around the world. And, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're a clown, never get a nose job because, <laughs> you know, you can use a beak to comic advantage. A ski jump just doesn't really cut the mustard for a jester. <laughs> <laughs> but you actually did get a nose job. Oh, I know. It's the worst thing that I could have ever done. I mean, metaphysically, you can't get your nose to grow back by thinking about it or doing Pinocchio affirmations. Why did you get it done? Oh, because I had a crooked eustachian tube and I couldn't breathe as good and it was it was the worst thing that you could ever do. I mean, it's not like Samson getting his hair cut off. I mean, that's that's nothing. But I mean, like... I, know, I mean, could you imagine Mr. Bean having a nose job? <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> no, I remember you talking about this many years ago. Didn't you meet Tom Thumb? Ah, oh, not Tom Thumb. I mean, no, I, my, my friend uh, did a documentary on Tiny Tim, Tiptoe for the Tulips. Oh, Tiny Tim. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he rang up a few times when I was at my friend's house, and uh, I did a 16-hour show at the Brown Bay Music and Arts Festival, and uh, jokingly said it would be funny to meet Tiny Tim during the show. And a lady said she knew someone that knows him well, so she introduced me to him. And he was impressed that I had five Tiny Tim records, and he let me stay at his house for three months. And he played for Tiny three months. And he played Tiny Tim records every day. <laughs> <laughs> Tiptoe through the tulips. A lot of people think it was just a one-hit wonder, but ironically, the song that propelled him into stardom was the same song that he died singing to at a women's function in 1996. He did a Tommy Cooper. Died on stage. Tommy Cooper. He. Oh, really? Yeah, and so did Tiny Tim singing Tiptoe through the tulips. Wow. But he gave you the advice to get your nose job? Well, not really. I mean, his friend that let me stay at his house for three months actually lent me <laughs> some money, and it was, you know, oh, it was the worst. <laughs> oh, shit. I shouldn't be talking about this, but I'm, I'm, Go I'm on. tipsy. I just had two blue moons. No, one 
big pint and I'm tipsy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm losing my uh, train of thought. I probably sound like a, a munchkin on helium <laughs> listening to a jockey, knob jockey jester. <laughs> Chipmunk, I mean. Sorry, I'm... So who, who told you to get the nose job? Well, my, no one did, but I had a crooked eustachian... Uh, uh, no, I, I kept getting a block of station tubes and I'd had a crooked septum and I, I couldn't. I kept trying to pop my ears and I'd have a blocked nose all the time. It was really annoying. You know, but I thought he would just straighten it to help me breathe, buddy, but he took out the fucking character, the cunt. Oh, he took out the... The, the bump. The, the bump. The fucking cunt. No, I shouldn't say that. Sorry. The cunt took out the bump. I shouldn't say that, but that's just an expression of, uh, you know, frustration, the way that I said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, you know... Where did you grow up, anyway? Melbourne, mostly. That was my home set. How's it going, Heather? Oh, you're right. Oh, lovely to see you, you're Heather. Right. Well, you lovely should be knitting, uh, spinning, uh, knitting hats, traditional Scottish spinning yarn. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's lovely, Heather. You grew up in Melbourne. Yeah, Where yeah. in Melbourne? I mean, I've been all over us. How's it going, living space, you flaming galah? You've got to be hard on for Ernie Sigley, you oh, have. Yeah, you have. You have. He's a, go- he's a gas, so I have to interview him here and now. He's a fucking gas, this guy. Do you know what? The, the, the Rumple came up to me. Yeah, have you seen my show where I got all the shit all over the fucking place? Like, it's like completely like devastation. And Rumble walks up to me after my show and goes, Craggy Anthony, I don't know how you keep it so together. <laughs> you do, you have got it together now. I have. I mean, your, your, kit, your kit was around. You got the oh, mate, bo- I'm you killing got the, it. you got the boss amps. Yeah, yeah, i got a boss amp, man. Yeah. i got a boss amp. Have you got a boss amp? No. No, you wouldn't have. <laughs> oh, I love your work. You're amazing. Oh, there you go. From one clown to another. I love your work. Yeah, You're amazing. Oh, we're, we're fools. Yeah, we're fools. Aren't You're we? fools in love. We're real yeah, fools. Yeah. We're the, like the. He's the fool on the hill, and I'm the fool in the valley. Anti comedians. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. You know what? When comedians walk past us with their plastic things on, you know, like with all their passes and stuff, they look at us and they go, "Shit." Wow. That's the real shit. Yeah, they're like, that's the I'm funny, shit. but they have friends. Yeah, that's the real shit. Well, we don't you know. do stars. We don't. <laughs> nah. Well, you know. I'm going to go get some drinking. Yeah, I mean. Thing, uh, drinking. I just no, saw... maybe. Uh, yeah, ma- 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 oh, We're here. Maybe have a Krabby's ginger beer. That would be nice. So, uh, I mean, like, what kind of kid were you? Like, do you have any, do you have any siblings? Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I was all right, you know. Yeah. I mean, my dad was pretty funny. Um, he collected a lot of comedy videos. He was really into a great sense of humor, actually. He never saw me perform, but he's a fabulous artist as well. What did your father do? Oh, he was a... A uh, graphic designer, uh, you know, he did like freelance work uh, for a, a big uh, company in Australia. I mean, yeah, my mum was a fashion illustrator. My daddy did good cartoons as well. So they were both drawers? Yeah, yeah, my mum, she drew, you know, fashion illustration, just designing. Yeah, drawing. Yeah, and she dreams a lot, my mum. She's got folders of dreams from way back, you know, and she just uh, writes her dreams out. She's still alive? Yeah, she's a bit of a recluse, doesn't really go out that much. But yeah, she's... When was the last time you saw her? Oh, just a few months ago. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You're a good son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great to see my sister again, too. She's awesome. When was the... So when did you start performing? Oh, crikey, I don't know exactly what year. It was probably... Oh, I did my first busking show in King's Cross in Sydney. I, I can't even... Maybe I was 17 or something, and I uh, had these tacky satin flares and a tacky tartan minstrel top and uh, zapper ponytails playing really bad songs on the guitar and some Hell's Angels rolled up on their motorbikes. And Yeah, it was pretty funny, actually, and scary at the same time. I just... I was, I was, I was terrible, but, but a few people enjoyed it. King's Cross is scary. Yeah. What's that? Have you ever done shows in King's Cross, Byron? I did do one show in King's Cross. It was crazy. I did a show, actually, funny. Uh, 
funny experience. I was 2000. Did a show at King's Cross. It was just, you know, ridiculous. And then right after me, Rusty Balls. Rusty Balls. Do you know Rusty Balls? I haven't seen him in So he did a show. He had like five people. Did a show. One of them, during the show, there's a girl. He was like, full torches. You know, full torches. Five drunk people. It started rain even. And then one woman takes her pants down and starts pissing against the fucking wall. And then one other guy's like trying to get a light off his torch and he's like... Yeah, that's uh, that's King's Cross. Yeah. And then and then he like pushed, pushed the guy off with his torch. He's like, fuck off, I'm working. Full torches. The guy kept trying to get a smoke from his legs. like, fuck off, I'm working. Full torches to four people, including the woman pissing against the fucking wall. That's King's Cross, man. And King's then Cross we, is fucking tough. And then we party till uh, eleven in the morning. The la- this is not e- interviewing uh, the yeah, one jolly. I know good. interviewing Jolly Goodfellow, the one and only Rumpelstiltskin, is not an easy task because he's like a vapor. Right, you can't well, really I'll, grasp I'll him. Ask him. You ask him a question. I'll ask him a question. Yeah. Listen, um, when you started this business, business. you know, of like being a, a performer. Was it a, a was it a like a sudden decision or was it organic? Did you, did you like just find yourself in it or or did you actually start it? Like you're like oh, I'm gonna be I want to be a performer. Did you see something that inspired you to, to be a performer or did you just like end up with people just laughing at you and thought well this will do? Yeah, it was kind of weird because I used to do uh, more poetry when I started and that kind of merged into yeah performing in a way. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, I mean, just doing those long shows that go on forever. Doing poetry. Yeah, and just doing long shows, and right. that, that, that sort of kicked it off. <laughs> and when did you, when did when did you think to yourself, oh my God, Anthony Living Space is just like the best clown ever. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. When, <laughs> no. When did you? When did? But when did you think? When did you think I can make a living at this? I never really did make. That, that much of a living from I mean but I, I I still you know got by only just so did you uh, like did you just like go on the you were just like riding the coattails of people liking what you did yeah riding the uh, coattails of our living space because <laughs> you copied everything I, I ever yeah because yeah. <laughs> I was I was I was copying you and you were copying me so I'm, I'm uh, your doppelganger no, I'm your doppelganger. I'm, I'm your shadow. In Indo- in 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 like in yeah. Germany, that'd be a doppelganger, wouldn't it, or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the car crash. Oh, that was that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm lucky to still be here. Really, I mean, I can show. We're you lucky that, that you're here. See, look, that, that, that's from the car crash. I'd just like to say that he's showing me the scar on his arm. Yeah. I crashed on the way to the Burning Man festival, and that year was called the American Dream. And it was a massive wake-up So you weren't living it? Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. I'm still here, but I... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't make it to the festival. But how many times has the car rolled? Probably eight times. I'm not exaggerating. It was... Yeah, it was... uh, And your spiders went through the window? Yeah, my squeaky spiders flew out the window and toys. I think my my stuff saved my life. You know, the two suitcases full of uh, toys... Do you reckon they, they cushioned your fall? Yeah, definitely. Did you, did you, you know when you when you when you actually when the when the rolling stopped? Did you like land on some of your props and like here just squeak? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, well the car was total roll, rock and roll to the max. The car, you know, uh, you know, yeah, spun around many times. Did you say just rock and roll to the max? Yeah, well it spun around. I, I was going off the side of the road and then. Well, got, did you did you have any music playing on the radio? Yeah, I did. I, what I, was I, it? It was my friend's CD. What was it? Oh, no, I shouldn't say really. Go on, let's say it. But it was very tranquil what? music, and it made me. <laughs> what was it? What was the CD? Oh, was it was gypsy jazz music. You know. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, 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 friend Jan Brauhel from Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you heard while you were rolling over. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah, it rolled about. I mean, it, it spun in the middle of the road when I got, you know, was going off the side of the road. But then I, I got back on the road, but it spun around. Then it flipped and it rolled about eight times. Smashing the desert rock bush and uh, the windscreen smashing and popped, popped a blade. And your spiders went through. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what was your first thought when and it I, came to rest? I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to Burning Man now. I, uh, <laughs> my arm was, was zigzag. Did you call a taxi or? Oh, I tried to flag some cars down, but no one would stop me. They thought I looked like a Fruit Loop, you know. <laughs> You weren't in costume, were you? Uh, but some old guy pick, picked me up. I mean, no, he didn't pick me up, but he pulled up in his pickup truck and laid me down by the road, and, and I thought I was going to have a heart attack from him. Uh, you were a bit stunned. Yeah, the compression of the steering wheel in the chest, that was hard yakka. No airbags? <laughs> yeah, that popped in my face. Right. Did the airbag save you? Or? And my stuff. But the airbag was popped. JP, teach me. It really was. Right. Yeah, I've got a photo to prove it. <laughs> We'd like to see that. I can show you. And did, were the, how were the physical injuries? Was it uh, severe? Oh, or? oh, yeah, I mean, you know, I can't quite play his guitar like I used to. My left but you hand. never could play guitar anyway. <laughs> but now I'm worse. <laughs> but my, my left hand went eagle claw, so I can't do chords as good as I used to. Right. It's gone a bit numb. Well, it's probably hand. better. Then you've got an excuse for not being the best guitarist in the world, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell us the time that you were um, <laughs> on your way to Cairo, Cairo and you got thrown off the bus. Oh, it was the plane. No, I didn't get thrown off the plane, but I was trying to get through the x-ray machine. No, I mean, my stuff was, but they saw the silhouette of the rubber snakes, and he, and he pulled them out, and he says, what do you got them for? And I said, I juggled them. They were rubber snakes, and he was going like next to his colleague's face. Yeah, and I missed my plane, and I got stuck in Cairo for four more days. But it was a blessing in disguise, because I made it to the Great Pyramid that time. And I met an Egyptologist from Australia that went especially for that date, making it into the last Great Pyramid. The second time was Ramadan. The time before that, I went on a dodgy camel ride. I saw the photos of the dodgy camel ride. Yeah, that was in uh, United Arab Emirates. Yeah, I did a speedboat festival, one-day gig, performed for my friend Circus, kids' playground thing. And I, and I got put up in a really suave hotel and I only did one day's work. Sweet. Oh, wow. The greatest <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin show I ever saw was outside the Spiegel tent in uh, Adelaide in uh, probably 2000. I was there. I think I was there. I've seen you at the Spiegel tent. You did a killer show and people, people like filled your hat with I money that. it was so full it was like that. it was the fullest it's ever been that and was, that was so that was outside the gun got a gun uh, sorry what am i saying the no, garden spiegel. of unearthly delights outside the spiegel tent that's yes. right and then some some yeah. fucking like aussie bloke just comes out of nowhere grabs the hat throws I'm it in the air and Jesus all the money Jesus. just goes everywhere I remember that. I remember that. and the kids come and gr- stole it all stole it that show. I, I saw that show. That's serendipity because, I mean, I was just thinking about that the other day. The guy, he had a go at me, you know, for no reason at all. You know, just thought, you know, he said, get a real job, you fucking wanker. And then I said, you know, the war in uh, Chechnya was going on at the time. I said, why don't you go to Chechnya if you want some action, you pansy? And then he was trying to make people feel uncomfortable. And then he came up to me and he was being a bit verbal. And I said, why don't you go? go? I swung my microphone around there. Saying, why don't you go and suck your mother's cock? And he went fucking ape at me and he chased after me. I was on my spring shoes and hit behind the, a bouncer behind the fence. And he got my microphone swinging around his head, yelling to the audience, he told me to suck my mother's cock. That show probably cost you $700. I lost quite a bit of money, but there was a Chinese lady that would scan the grass, you know, about 7 a.m. each day after the sprinkler systems would go off uh, for looking for my stray coins that I missed my hat. I know, I saw it, I saw it. They just scattered, all the kids just scattered and grabbed all your cash. It's amazing, you were at that show. That was, I used to do the the late night gnarly graveyard shift slot after all the performers had finished and go all night, you know, until the sprinkler system would go off in the morning. Yeah, those were the days. Yeah, that was a special time, actually. I ended up doing 18 days in a row and 10 four-hour shows, five-hour, lots of long ones. So but then, I, then I went to a, what, I can't even remember what that year Let's that talk was. about the 24-hour shows. Oh, like, what was the inception was 50, of that? My longest was 53 hours, but I did my first 24-hour show at the European Juggling Convention in Holland, in uh, Rotterdam. And I've done a 53-hour and a 48-hour the year before in Germany. But why? Why the 24-hour shows? Like, what's the point? Oh, I, I don't know. I just did it for something to do, and it just people liked it. I mean... 
yeah, and then it just became kind of, you know, fun just to do an experimental performance. We also performed together at the uh, World Busker Festival in, in uh, Christchurch, which was a I lot of fun. I remember that. that, and that was funny that night that we, uh, you know, the the Backstreet Boys and uh, Skate Naked, and we all, you know, they... Yeah, we ended up winning or something. The what was it again? That competition thing. I don't. I can't remember now. But but you were the kind of act that like didn't know that it was time to get off the stage. So we always had to I like. Know, it's funny because I, I I've still got Derek's voice introducing me to the stage from the Well Busters Festival. He goes, "Welcome to the stage, Rumpelstiltskin." Well, I don't. I don't know how. I'm, I'm just going to do the. I'm in case I don't have the opportunity to do it later. I'm going to do the bump out now. Okay. In the meantime, and in between time. This is another edition of the Busker Hall of Fame with the one and only Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, it's great to be here. I mean, I, I, I never knew this I'd get around to it, but I did one with Robert Nelson, the butterfly man, at his place. I'm going home. And then uh, Anthony turned up. And I'm going home. You met Robert Nelson, didn't you? The butterfly man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, he was like the... Uh, the, like the Robert Nelson was like... We, when I was 14 years old, 13 years old, wow. I saw Robert Nelson in a magazine... Juggling machetes like San Francisco busker, and we were like, "Whoa!" Wow. We're like, "Wow!" Like this guy's like the 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 thing, you know. And then uh, I met him in New Zealand. Jake, how's it going? Jake, there's Joe and Jacob just walked in. I'm going home. I'm going home. Yeah, 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 right. We knew you. I am. I'm going home. Where are you going? And anyway, then uh, and then it's like I met Robert Nelson in New Zealand when I was like I was nothing, and then. Uh, like I don't know, I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. And then when I become a god, it was like, and then and then like Robert Nelson wrote to me like going like you're one of the like you're the last of the Mohicans. Robert, that's what Robert Nelson said to me. He's like you're the you're the, you're out there. You're like the last of the Mohicans. Fucking stay the course, you know. Don't give up. Don't give up. Robert Nelson was like he was like yeah you're you're you. Well, he lives on. He lives on in all of us. He does. But the, it was quite strange thing because the, 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 you know the, here's this guy that I idolized as a child, and then like later in my life, he's talking to me on the internet saying, "Hey, man, do keep doing what you're doing. You're you're the last of the Mohicans." It's nice when your heroes do that, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing, and I could do that for you if you like. Because you, I know. Would you? Would you please yeah, on yeah. tape? Yeah. Um, Hey, you're the last of a, a dying just breed. Say, just say something Eric. nice. You're the last of a dying breed, Eric. No. You're the last of a dying breed, and you need to keep going. You need to keep going because without yeah, you, Eric, without you, it. comedy dies. <laughs> comedy dies with you, Eric, because the rest of them, you know what? They're just talking shit into my fucking glass, man. They're just shit in my glass. You are a real comic, man. Well, you heard it here first, Rumble. You're a, you're a legend in uh, in my mind. We're all legends. <laughs> Life is funny, isn't it? Crikey. Life is funny. Life is definitely funny. And good, bad, happy, sad, and everything in between. Got to make the most of it, the miracle that life is. Wow, it's been a really great time being here, you know. Yeah, seeing folks at all. Do you have a, have you had like, what's your life goal? Oh, crikey, well, it'd be good to try and, uh, just make the world a better place somehow. I mean, and yeah, I, that's a soundbite, and you're right. It would be good to make a be- the world a better place, but what do you want to do? Oh, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I'm still discovering myself, and, uh, you know, there's the inner journey and the outer journey. It's, uh, yeah, just to enjoy the uh, experience of existing. Any regrets? Oh, yeah, we all do, don't we? <laughs> like, having a nose job, that was the worst thing I could have ever done to myself. <laughs> What the fuck? No way. Nobody else knows about that, but that you carried that for a long time. Well, it is a bit weird because, yeah, I don't know, when you get, you know, there's nothing better than, you know, the way, you know, the real deal, you know, expression, you know what I mean? You know, you can't, all the noses in the world aren't going to change the original one. But, you know, you know, why hide, you know, wearing a prop on your nose kind of thing, you know what I mean? I get that, I'm a naturalist at heart. But, you know, metaphysically, you can't get your nose to grow back by, uh, you know, it's just not quite the same. You know, you've, you for years you traveled wearing your own costume, and now you're not. You're like in your, you're like, you got a proper shirt on, you got slacks, you're you're looking really good. Oh my God, it's probably because I lived in L.A. for a long time, you know, doing background work, you know, very neutral work. 
So I get all my uh, clothes for the one dollar sale. So it's only a one, you know, dollar shirt. But I mean, you know, it makes me look like um. You got them for a dollar, but you look like a million bucks. Yeah, like 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 the Jester's outfit, a suit of ties. You know, the only one that I don't have is a noose around the neck one. Yeah. You have a family that is unlike anyone else in the world. Ah. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on. You wouldn't have got anywhere with all, all the people that have loved and helped you. Yeah, I mean, I am very grateful, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty amazing, really. Let's, let's end this. It hasn't been, all been a bowl of cherries, but, you know. No, let's end this with one little thing. Why don't you say a little something to all the people you've met all over the world over the years? Oh, well, I just hope uh, everyone to enjoy life and uh, make the most of the, uh, you know, yeah, the, the being here uh, in this life form as we are, you know, just to uh, try to make the world a better place. Uh, happiness, positive equals positive. You know, turn the whole world into one big happy, fancy dress party, contagious love fest. Well, you've always made my life a little bit better. Uh, oh, uh, when you were, uh, you came to... It was funny when I saw you in... And we went to Cambodia, but you flew there, and I got the, I got the uh, shuttle bus and to the Thai border, and then another bus thing. Yeah, I, you were on the back of a. You were worried about the mosquitoes. I, I was, I was, and you showed up. You showed up on the back of like a Honda 50cc. You were, you had a kebab in your mouth. Yeah, and, I didn't have a kebab. I'm a vegetarian. Oh, oh, oh! Well, you had some sort of food on a stick. No, you're a vegetarian. Yeah. It wouldn't be a food on a stick. No wonder you have no energy. <laughs> I'm a breatharian. I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't eat. I live on a diet of uh, paisley velvet ties. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made my life a better place for sure. And uh, likewise, uh, wow. Uh, I mean, wow, yeah, I mean. I've always, I remember I, I somewhere I have it, a little piece of paper that you left uh, on uh, on my kitchen table when you stay with me in Montreal and you're like and you're like yeah thanks you fucking weasel <laughs> that was a, that was a really amazing place I was well impressed seeing that theater that you had truly that was well I, I still was, have I, it I was imagining God I wished I could live in that place you know that theater how's it going where where are you going now? Oh, no, they I can't believe wow this is like the end uh, I mean well there's a party tomorrow but I'm going to Liverpool at 4.30 in the morning on the megabus with two changes, so I better stay awake. That's classic rumple, just show up at the end of the festival. Yeah, yeah, well, it'll be good anyway. I mean, you know, I was the fool on the hill, the original one on the Beatles Love Show in Vegas for two years, and uh, I met the original manager of the Beatles, the one that dissed, it, dissed him, you know, and he wrote a book called The Fool on the Hill. I went to Astrid Kircher's uh, exhibition, and then I uh, coincidentally there was a Fool on the Hill table on the book, and I thought, what's that? And there was this chap called Alan Williams, and I bought it for 10 quid, and about an hour later, I bumped into him out of the blue. And, oh, man, that guy had a great sense of humor. At the Beatles Story Museum, there's a quote on a plaque on a wall. And John Lennon said, you know, yeah, yeah he was a great one, old Alan Hills. And so did McCartney, even though he, he gave the Beatles away, the man that gave the Beatles away. He gave the Beatles away. Well, he, he had a good sense of humor, that's for sure. Well, how did you, how did you, uh, what was working for Cirque du Soleil like? Oh, everything has its pros and cons. Initially, it seemed like it would be the fool's holy grail. You know, I mean, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you know, sometimes it kind of feels like, you know, I mean, you shouldn't let the darkness overshadow the light. I mean, it was good to have done it for sure, but I mean, you know, it didn't, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, whatever. I mean, uh, oh, no, so, but sometimes it feels like too many cooks can spoil the broth, you know, a broth. You can't do your own sideshow with an ensemble of 64 people, but... Yeah, the fall on the hill that should have made it into the show, you know, because that's a, a kooky offbeat uh, Monty Python-esque song and it sounds like Clown on the Hill or something, but uh, that would be... When did you become the diplomat? As far as I'm concerned, French Canadians oh. are the worst people God ever made. Oh, oh, it's very subjective, the world we live in. I mean, uh, one generalisation never makes up the mind of the whole population, but, you know, people are people, very strange creatures. People are people, so why should it be that you and I should get along so awfully? Yeah. Well, we should all just love each other like one big happy family, shouldn't we? I mean, Unless you're French-Canadian. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> of all the people you've met, yeah. like, 
how many? You're one of them. No, yeah. no, you're, you're, an old, you're a champion. I love you. Yeah. But of all the people you've met, how many, yeah. people, how many people do love most people and how many people want to be loved by everybody? Oh, we all. I think, I think we all have a... Sometimes, you know, words can kind of seem like, you know... I mean, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we all have this emotional intelligence and we all have the same feeling that we yearn for unity. Yeah, we all want to be loved. <laughs> it's the very first thing we yearn for. And yet we have so much division, possibly because uh, there's things we know and we things we don't know and we think that things the person... Things we fear and... Things that we fear and the things that... The, when you're confronting another person, you don't necessarily uh, see what they see. Yeah, I know. It's... Uh... <laughs> It's amazing, really, isn't it? Like, here we are in the world, you know, and we've got to make the most of our existence. Well, you become very ph- philosophical in your uh, old age there, Rumpel. Yeah, I know, it's a bit weird, you know. I mean, like, I'm a bit of a spring chicken dinosaur, like Mike said. I probably sound like I'm 13. I haven't, you know, I mean, everyone in America calls me a ma'am on the phone. Or, that, that's quite funny. But you have a regular voice, you just don't use it. Oh, well, well the BBC, uh, they saw me after I did a show years ago, and the guy said, I'd like to interview you for the BBC, and I caught a text, and I was in Brighton, I rolled up my justice outfit, and when I knocked on the door, I said, oh my God, I'm so f- sorry to tell you, I forgot to tell you that it was for the radio, not the TV. So I was sitting on air in my justice outfit. Seems You're always in your justice outfit, doesn't matter. I know, I... Yeah, I, I live in it. No, I don't. I, I've got a break character. You don't. You're not living it anymore, which is a remarkable thing. Oh, I didn't do Edinburgh this year, but I did it in spirit. You're here, man. Yeah. What do you do to do Edinburgh? What do you got to do? Get a crowd, drop a rope, make a fucking hat pitch? You did it. You're here. I'm here for the love. I have been traveling the circuit for a few years without doing a show, just for the love myself. And some people are like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I'm, well, uh, just you're my tribe, right? You're my tribe. The tribe. The tribe of international street theater. We are. But, now but you're I'm... a performer's performer. How do you feel about that? Oh, I don't know about that. I, 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 I just do whatever. I, I'm, I'm pretty useless on the street. I mean, I, I used to be better. But now, uh, yeah, my condition's kicked in, so uh, I'm not as sprightly... Uh, physically but i'll get there again i'm going to shape shift myself back into shape you know you're famous for uh the uh, car accident or car inter you know yeah. your car accident and the the time you had a issue with the police just after you got your driver's license but now after two years of having a license in america and visiting 41 states how is your driving it's much better now actually i mean i've got a, I, it was weird the day of my 24-hour show my friend there, I got my Ladybug 68 Beetle in her driveway. She said that it has to be out by the end of the month. And I thought, oh, my God. So it's still in L.A. I've got to rescue it somehow. But I've been meaning to... Uh, you have a 68 Beetle? Yeah, 68. I mean, my friend that taught me how to d- drive it, no joke, his father toured Jimi Hendrix around for years. And uh, I turned up the Woodstock 40th Anniversary Festival in West uh, Golden Gate Park, San Francisco, lost in a taxi. I saw some Ari Christians, and I said, hey, where's the festival? And they said, follow us. I went up a hill, down a hill, along a long winding path with them. As soon as I got there, I bumped into Jimi Hendrix's brother. I thought, what a cosmic way to arrive to a festival. Now we're friends on Facebook. Hang on. Are you telling me you can drive a stick shift? Not that well, but I can. I can, but I wish I had it here in Edinburgh. It look ridiculous driving that bug around here, the ladybug. It gets good comedic mileage, but it breaks down a lot. What color is it? Black and red like a ladybug. It's got antennas as well. Of course it does. But you, you've never really written a show. You just go out oh. there and do shit. Yeah I, I, yeah, I just do stuff, you know. And Yeah, it's amazing that I've managed to perform in 50 countries and I still don't have a show. Like, Will you ever have a show? Probably not, but uh, you never know. It could come together somehow. I've still got a while to go yet. Not thrown in the towel. What's your finale? I used to do the flame and fire skipping rope on the unicycle with springs on my feet with a long nose and uh, curly shoes and a heavy duty jester outfit I mean it does get pretty tiring you know I used to do it on all terrains you know Glastonbury Festival no worries hop around on spring shoes on a field with bumps everywhere and I'd do it like a piece of cake but now I'm useless but I'm going to get my strength back where did you get those spring shoes? Oh, I bought them in a flea market in Australia for a dollar 
oh, the best bargain I ever bought. bought and I, I think they must have been a retro 70s Australian thing because I've never seen spring shoes in other countries. Have you had the same shoes all these times? Yeah, well, I, I was at the Bevel Comic Book Festival in Greece and everyone laughed because I felt shorter on one leg. My spring shoe broke in the show, but that wasn't too fun. But I've so still, you fixed it, but you still have them? I got it welded back together, but it was a bit lopsided, but I found another pair of spring shoes in Australia. So that was awesome. Both pairs came from Australia? I know. I've never seen them anywhere else in the world. They're, they're totally uh, unique. So there's another nutter down there like you? Oh, I, they're, they're probably, I, I haven't actually seen people. I've seen with the, the moon boots, those uh, springy kind of... Uh, yeah, but they're plastic, you know, and they got a bit of a spring in them, you know. Were they like a kid's uh, thing? Yeah, they must have been. But, you know, I've, I've had pretty good ankles over the years. I've done a lot of miles in those springs. I mean, I was at the Glastonbury Festival years ago, and I was walking everywhere, all kinds of terrain, and I lost my uh, sole rubber stop on the end of the spring shoe, and I found it five hours later scanning the grass up in the uh, Avalon field in the stone circle. No, sorry, the stone circle. Have you been to Stonehenge? Yeah, of course. I was an idiot because I, it was uh, the time of the solsters, and I hitchhiked from London, and I got there too late, and all the bagpipers, people with bells in their toes had gone. First time they'd opened at the public for free in 15 years. But I got there, and everyone had gone, and I, all the freaks, and I had to pay £15 to get in. Bullshit. I know. <laughs> My timing was totally off. What, your timing was bad? Uh, yeah, it's always a bit all over the place. The true night without you, if I had to leave without you. That was a musical break. Back to Rumple Stillskin. Rumple, there's a famous story. There's a famous story about you. I prefer Rumple these days because sometimes when they put me in the program as Rumple Stillskin, some people get their wrong impression if there's not a dude there with a spinning wheel on stage. I feel like I need to uh, confront a few f- myths about you. Remember the, there's a story about you the first time that you ever went to England. England, yeah. And you showed up in full jester uniform. Oh, not quite. And you had a bag full of Australian shrapnel. Is that a true story? It's quite funny, I mean, how these stories go around (laughs) over the years and they uh, sometimes they morph into something else and it becomes a fairy tale like living your mythology. But, uh, yeah, sometimes the stories are a bit off. But, you know, yeah, some of them are quite true. Did you fly to London in full costume with a bag full of Australian shrapnel? They have this joke sometimes. You hear about this English comedian that tried to smuggle comedy into Germany. But crikey, when I rock up, you know, in Germany and I've got my uh, four-wheel granny trolley full of toys and props, you know, you'll get three custom officers, one looking in your eyes, the other one asking questions, the other one looking at your toys and they... To say, oh, you're an artist. I say, yeah, and they say, have a nice holiday. Those Germans, they have a bad reputation. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, they're, they're, in England you can get turfed out just for trying to bring in a jester's outfit. Do you know uh, Do you know a fellow named Shea Hooray? Oh, yeah, he's a mate of mine. Good old Shea Hooray, absolutely. Is it true that you drove across Europe with him once? Oh, well, yeah, we went, uh, we were travelling through Austria, I think it was, and then we went to Holland, to Amsterdam... Yeah, and uh, Lee Hayes was there. Yeah, yeah, it was fun, you know. We, yeah, we had some good times. I did the World Buskers Festival in Christchurch. I mean, oh, it was unbelievable what happened in Christchurch. I mean, yeah, some, oh. Yeah, but, wow, crikey, what a, oh. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I mean it's uh, wow. I have to leave. I mean, I mean everyone. Do you, if you ever had advice to give for young street performers, what would it be? Oh, crikey! I don't know about. I, I mean, uh, just enjoy what you do. Try and you know bring some love to the world, and uh, yeah, just do it. Yeah, and you did. Yeah. So how many countries? I've been in seventy-four now. Every country on the entire map of Europe. Yeah, I should try to get to every country in the world someday. You ever been to uh, Syria? Yeah, yeah, I've been to Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Israel, Egypt, Tunisia, Morocco, Albania, Serbia. Was Kosovo. that all before the war? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I went, I went, and I uh, performed in Kosovo when the war was on, sponsored by PSF, uh, PSF Clowns Without Borders, a Spanish organisation. And I went with three Argentinian clowns and. Uh, 
went to Kosovo and I did some performing there in some gypsy camps and uh, yeah, it's good to try and you know bring some love to the world. That's sure. Is it true that they abandoned you? Oh, I mean, off-duty time, I went walking around the streets in uh, this Italian village, I think it was called Jacoba or something. I mean, sorry, it was near the uh, Italian border, sorry, I should say. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty surreal. I was just playing silly songs on the guitar and walking around. And and then this mag, I mean, this car went past with mag wheels and tinted windows and someone wound down the window and went, Yay! Haven't seen a gesture around these parts before. I guess Tito banned all the jesters. Uh, maybe. Yeah. How did you in, find your time? in the clowns, turn around the frowns. You went to all these countries. Did you perform in all these countries? Oh, yeah. I performed in uh, 50 countries. I still don't have a show. It's a miracle that I, I, I can get by doing this, you know. When you do shows for people who don't speak your language, how do they go? I know. I feel guilty that I haven't learned. Uh, I haven't put the effort in with the languages, but I'd love to, uh, you know, learn some. But uh, yeah, I just say crikey, and everyone understands it. I mean, yeah, I remember getting. Lo- I went to go to the Peterhof Palace Museum, and uh, you know, out near. I mean, Saint Petersburg. Sorry, but I mean, it was a while on the train. But I overslept my stop, and uh, yeah. Oh, maybe. Was, yeah, sorry, I'm getting mixed up. But I, I, I got out in a village, and it was minus twenty degrees. And I was just saying, oh, crikey. This was in Russia. <laughs> you performed in Russia? <laughs> no, I should have. I mean, uh, the, the Slava Poland and the Russian clown, uh, I was just walking around me just as outfit in Edinburgh in 96, and uh, he thought I was a unique character, and his Alaskan partner said, oh, Slava is in, would like to invite you to the uh, snow show. So I got to see that, and that was cool. And he let me leave my bag in his dressing room before the show, and then he invited me to his party afterwards. And about a year later in Ireland and Dublin, he gave me a lift from Dublin to London with my four-wheel granny trolley. I was a bit worried trying to get my stuff back into the UK. But I went in style. You've travelled in style many times. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'd be quite funny to write a, you know, a story about all the absurdity just trying to get to and fro all the festivals over the years. I'd probably get in the Guinness World Record for the most uh, impractical way to possibly... Be a street performer carrying too much on foot, you know. Because you travelled from Bangkok to Siem Reap in Cambodia, which is only 300 kilometres, but you travelled in the back of a pickup, and then when you got there you told me, oh, yeah, it was pretty bumpy. <laughs> I know, it was crazy. Like, um, yeah, there were peasants in the field shining torches to help guide the traffic. And I remember leaving Cambodia, there was this, uh, like, big slab of iron uh, and you know and it fell down and uh, the bridge fell down but the teamwork was amazing helped hoist the uh, bridge back on so we could get over it and get back to uh, Thailand that happened in Cambodia the bridge fell down how long did that take? it was only a small bridge over you know but oh it took a while not that long actually only about half an hour did you help out? oh I I was trying but uh, you know they, they did it before I could do it I mean so I would have though, but I'm 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 piss weak. I know. Sorry, I'm not. You're not really an engineer. I mean, I'm not very uh, alpha male. I don't can't. I don't have much strength. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pansy. Did you graduate high school? Oh no, I went to a circus school for six months, the National Institute of Circus Arts. And my number, I dressed up as a jockey on a pogo stick playing the guitar. And then I juggled a bit, and I couldn't believe that I passed it because I was the oldest school. I oh, sorry, kid. I mean, sorry, um, person that I've ever let into the school. I was 33 at the time, and everyone else, the oldest that ever let accepted was 25, and uh, it was compulsory to do acrobatics. So, what age did you leave school? Oh, uh, oh God. Well, that uh, that was kind of like school. So I guess that was my last. Uh, well, when I meant, I meant when when you were young. Oh, I, I think I think I only went up to year eleven. Really, I didn't go to university. Me neither. But I hitchhiked around Australia a lot back in the day as well. Done a lot of hitchhiking around the world. Hitchhiking is uh, an art. Yeah, yeah. I don't do it as much these days. But I just roll up wherever in Europe when I first got here, and you know. Find dilapidated buildings. I did that in Luxembourg City, rocked up in the wintertime. Oh, my God, it was freezing. Yeah. Wow, what a world we live in, that's for sure. No kidding. Crikey. 
Yeah, it's amazing, really, isn't it? I mean, here we are in Edinburgh. It's all starting to... Uh, it's fading away now. How was your time at Cirque du Soleil in, uh, on stage? What was that? I had good stage time. As far as stage time goes, I had... Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty funny sometimes. You know, you get all these... You know, celebrities that, you know, would come back after the show, but sometimes they would announce who they were, you know. and Yeah, but I, I'm sometimes, you know, you, you'd know that they were even in the show watching. Like, Michael Jackson one day turned up. But I was, uh, I'd do a big figure eight a couple of times to, uh, to the Hey Jude song, so that was pretty weird, thinking, oh, crikey. You met Michael Jackson? No, I went to have a shower, but he was only, like, about 70 metres away, and some artists discovered him near a door. You know, and, uh, yeah, he was waiting for his limousine and people with towels wrapped around their waist, you know, just trying to get a selfie with him and stuff. You're living in Los Angeles, which is like a fucking... How can I put it? It's a kind of a courageous thing to do to be random in L.A. I know. I, I was living in my van, hanging onto the edge of existence like a spindly spider monkey in La La Land, living in my van, you know. But, I mean, yeah, it's pretty bizarre, you know. I mean, I, I, I lived there on and off for about five years, just doing background work, filming TV. I've been in a lot of different TV shows, but uh, sometimes you're there on set for 15 hours and you'll be lucky if they fill in the back of your head. Well, of course. Like, I, I did this thing on the unicycle for the Ray Donovan show, I think it was, but uh, rode back to Ford's about 80 times in Venice Beach. And someone took a screenshot and said, Jolly, and posted on my wall. And they said, you're in the uh, show. And they only took a screen. he took a screenshot from the waist up. You can't even see the wheel. So you wouldn't even know I was riding a unicycle, but I got a union voucher. You don't need to be background work. You need to be, like, doing parties for, like, rich weirdos. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that would happen in the Hollywood Hills, but it's not. You know, I mean, I, I don't get invited. I mean, I'm, it's not like Elton John's going to just booked me a gig to do my rumple show at his party fuck <laughs> that's what you need to be doing uh, i know well maybe i don't know if it happens but you know yeah i've done a lot in my time anyway so it's you know i'm happy not all the time but you know yeah whatever i have a feeling you're going to come across some big money at some point and all those people that you Oh, favors too. I'll probably win the lottery and then accidentally throw out my ticket and have to go through every rubbish dumpster to find my lost lottery ticket. Well, somehow I see that too. It is so good to see you. You're bright. You're quite bright-eyed. Your eyes are the same brightness they've always been. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta, you know, yeah, do what you can. Yeah, it's always a buzz, you know, being uh, here, of course. You know, because, you, know, you know, when it all disperses and we all go our ways wherever, I mean, yeah, it's quite fascinating, you know. I mean, just the journey of places you go and then, you know, festivals, you meet people that you've seen, like, friggin' way back in the day, you know. And, uh, yeah, and it's just like you never know who's going to be there and so much serendipity happening all the time. It's amazing. Do you believe in God? Oh, I mean, I, I believe in uh, the essence of... Uh, some great I don't know it's I, I, I'm not religious that's for sure I'm spiritual well serendipity is a good word you used earlier uh, I, I felt yeah, I think there's definitely magic that uh, to exist well just even the path that you and I have had like I have rarely seen you for long times but it's been over the course of at least uh, 28 years. I know. It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was awesome to see you. I thought, oh my God, Eric again. I haven't seen you in years in Edinburgh. It's true. I know, and here we are, and we're wow, and there's uh, yeah, a lot of other performing folks just within a few metres. And uh, everybody knows each other. I know, that's the amazing thing, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I mean, just all the stories of over the years of you know, yeah, and people say funny things that, you you know, happened years ago. And if you settle down, you know, there's a risk that you'll never see any of these people again. Oh, I don't know if I'll settle down. Yeah, I mean, I'm not quite performing as much as I used to, but I'm still just doing it. You know, I did the Comedy Festival in Melbourne and 
I did the Edinburgh Fringe two years ago, but whew, I think I might have to try a different thing than the Jester as well, you know, I don't know, I mean, but it might work one day, I mean, <laughs> I'm getting progressively worse. Well, the fool is the uh, sad clown. Ah, I guess, but life is a tragic comedy. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for sadness, we wouldn't know what happiness was. It's true. It's true. If it wasn't for sadness, we wouldn't know what happiness was. And I have had my own sad times. The people who know me best know that I sometimes hide in a hole for a year or five. Uh, But I'm a better man for all the clowns I know. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, it's an amazing thing, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, just express yourself and, you know, the people. That's what people are here for, you know. I mean, it's fun, to, you know, an outlet to express yourself. And you're one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone. Uh, I mean, not everyone. I mean, but yeah, you know, life is a stage, in a way. Life is a stage. You heard it from here. Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, jolly good fellow. Yeah, in America you, they know me as Jolly, but in Europe and Australia everyone calls me Rumpel. You know what? Let's just end it. We'll end it. Oh, yeah, well, Rumpel, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Harry. This just happened impromptu, just standing outside the doorway of the Sing City, the City Cafe in uh, Blair Street in Edinburgh, near, near the Hunter Square. I know that this is like it's going to be loud for a lot of people, but. You know what? Uh, we to, did it. We, I didn't think we'll do it like for another two years or something. You know, and it just happened like you just pulled it out and uh, did the interview. Just a, just a, it's just a taste, just a little taste of rumble. Yeah, and next one's going to go for seventy-two hours. <laughs> seventy-two hour podcast. Just, and in case, in case you never hear it from me, in case yeah. I never see you again, I love you. Yeah, likewise, Eric. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely, you champion. Who doesn't love Rumpel? There's no one else quite like him, and I'm glad he's part of our tribe. For the first time, we'll be releasing a YouTube version of this episode. It'll feature a slideshow of photos that Rumpel sent along. There'll be a link in the episode notes when the video's up, and if you haven't already, subscribe to the Busker Hall of Fame YouTube channel. We'll be posting more interviews there in the coming months. As always, this podcast is a labor of love, but we do need sponsorship to keep it going and release episodes more frequently. So if you'd like to become a sponsor of the podcast, contact me at magic at buskerhalloffame.com. You can also visit the Busker Hall of Fame website and throw a little love into our online hat by clicking on the donate button or become a sustaining supporter of the project at patreon.com forward slash busker stories. Thanks in advance for supporting this project and helping keep busking history alive. Music for this podcast came from 357 Lover. Links to both songs are available in the notes section of this episode on the Busker Hall of Fame website. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now Spotify. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and like I said, YouTube. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it and leave us a five-star review. It'll help get the podcast noticed, and we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like someone to be interviewed, if you feel a certain voice has not been heard, please reach out to me and let me know. We're doing our best to capture interviews and stories with as many performers as we possibly can. It's up to you to help fill in the gaps. So on behalf of myself and the rest of the team of the Busker Hall of Fame, remember, if you can't laugh at yourself, find someone else and laugh at them. I'm Magic Brian. Thanks for listening. <laughs>